You know, have you ever just watched Red Zone or any type of football broadcast and then just kind of thought to yourself, wow, did he really just say that on live television? I don't know if anybody noticed this. I think it was against, uh, I mean, when the Green Bay Packers, Alan Lazard scored a touchdown. And then it was a jump ball at, at right before the half. I think some of you guys might have noticed it. The announcer said, oh, he had about eight inches off of the defender. And, you know, the first thing I went was uh, in my head as well. Wow, that's a lot of inches there so you know if you're not as dirty minded as me then i congratulate you and other than that hey i am natter welcome to today's sleeper episode of course we're going to be talking about wide receivers buying low selling high or the opposite depending on how you feel like you do business of course sheehan is not alongside me today he was unable to make it but don't you worry everybody i brought an old legend george reed how are you doing I believe you just called me old. Um, I don't. I don't know how to to react to that. Um, I mean, not, not necessarily. I'm not that old. I mean, like, not like, necessarily. Not only did you say old legend, but the, the context of being old and a legend definitely uh, indicate that I am old. And when you say legend, like only old people are legends. So I, mean, I, I feel like you took a shot at me and was hoping I wouldn't catch it. No, no, necessarily. I feel like it's like a like a compliment. That's how I would take it. As somebody who's young, I don't consider an old legend a compliment. Okay, well, you know what? You take it how you will. <laughs> What's going <laughs> on, course, man? How are you doing? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. So, I mean, this weekend was lots of fun. A lot of big things happened. A lot of big plays happened. And now, and I'm just getting the update that Devontae Adams is now currently on the COVID-19 list. And alongside him is hidden. Speaking of is uh, Alan Lazard. They're both hitting the COVID-19 list. Just real fast, real quick. I know those wide receivers are on the waiver wires, and now they're, they're putting fab on or waiver priority. Are you putting anything on these wide receivers? No, I won't. No, because no, you're talking, I think MVS is still on IR. Um, you're talking Randall Cobb, and I don't even know who else they got at this point as their wide receivers. But it's not like Green Bay had a plethora of wide receivers to begin with. Uh, and the fact that their game is Thursday night, uh, yeah, I'm staring clear of that. Give me some A.J. Dillon. Uh, give me some Aaron Jones. Give me some Robert Tunyon. And that is all I'm really interested in. I don't, I don't, want, I don't want anything else to do with any other Green Bay Packers. I wouldn't even yeah. play Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, unfortunately, I Unfortunately, because it is a Thursday night game and this episode usually ends up coming out on either Thursday or Friday, uh, chances are we might either be extremely right or extremely wrong when this episode airs on uh, our little predictions there. I mean, I wouldn't mind starting Randall Cobb. I wouldn't mind starting uh, um, uh, that rookie, Amari Rogers. I would. Amari Rogers, yeah. In in deeper leagues, yeah. But if you're telling me it's a, like last week, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to throw those guys in my lineup because. Who else do I have? But you only got two teams on by this week. So you should have basically all of your players for the most part. So you should be able to, to pivot uh, yeah. and, and pivot quite easily, honestly. I feel like if you're uh, starting a Green Bay's Packer receiver, you have bigger problems than the fact that you're starting a Green Bay Packers receiver in your fantasy lineup. But that's just me. I'm, I wouldn't even like, I know this may come out Friday, 
uh, and and after the game whatnot. So it might not even you know be out there before kickoff tomorrow night. But like I'm not even playing Aaron Rodgers this week. If I had him, unless it's a super flex league, like I would bench him. All right. I, just, I, th- I, I think that's fair. I just I, yeah. I mean, listen. It's, there's always the you know the Robert Tunyon's, the Randall Cobb's checkdowns to AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. Like there's opportunity there, but they're going up against a pretty good defense in Arizona. They're going up against a good team in Arizona. I'm going to pivot. Like I can find another wide receiver on or another quarterback on waivers to, to play. Like I can go easily grab two attack of a and play him. He's, he's been playing lights out for the last, you know, two weeks. I could go get, trying to think like maybe Matt Ryan is usually. available Matt Ryan like Matt Ryan's got a fantastic matchup this week uh he did great this week against Miami so like you have options I would just pivot from Aaron Rodgers exactly so on this episode we're gonna be talking about our usual justifiable overreactions like I mentioned we're gonna be talking about receivers whether you want to buy low sell high or buy high sell low that's definitely up to you uh, especially because the trade deadline is approaching, especially in Yahoo leaks. I know, uh, obviously the trade deadline is editable if you are the commissioner, but I think in a week or two, it should be the trade deadline. And after that, you know, it's kind of make your trade or forever hold your peace, especially depending on how your team's doing. And then of course, we're going to be talking about the two minute drill up ahead for the later week. So of course, I just want to remind everybody to follow the sleeper wire show on Twitter and, you know, sign up for our Patreon. You want to be on the Sleeper Wire show or you want to follow Sleeper Wire show, especially on Twitter to make sure you're staying up to date on whether that's uh, our show, the Dynasty show, any articles that Sheehan and his crew put together because those are always phenomenal articles. or starts and sits, uh, the trade targets and all that good stuff. So, of course, let's start it off with the justifiable overreactions. And I like this one because... The way they're playing, it might actually happen. But the Kansas City Chiefs will not make the playoffs. I, I cannot co-sign that. I, that's all I'm saying. I, I vehemently disagree on that. Make the Super Bowl? Okay, I got you there. Make the playoffs? Nah, I don't believe that. The way the defense is, I saw Pro Football Focus say that this is statistically the worst defense they've seen in over a decade. Apparently, they're not looking at that Miami defense. Um, <laughs> 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 no, uh, listen, their, their defense is playing really bad. Um, there's no way to sugarcoat that. Like their defense is just really freaking bad. But I can't believe a team two years removed from the Super Bowl win last year made it to the Super Bowl is not going to make the playoffs this year. I just I don't believe that. I think they'll make it. When you lose the Super Bowl, obviously the statistical chance of you making the playoffs the next year significantly lowers. I mean, the Super Bowl hangover sucks. Uh, I mean, yeah. the Niners are still recovering from their Super Bowl hangover. They didn't really lose anybody. Typically, when you go to the, the Super Bowl and then the next year, like everybody want, especially if you win one, then make it back to one. Like everybody's looking to get paid, and you lose a lot of players. This team honestly hasn't really lost a lot of players. Uh, they got a couple, you know, injuries that they're dealing with. Their, their offensive line is going to take a, a few minutes to gel, but as the season goes along, like that was their big investment. That was the one issue they had last year was their offensive line, and they can address it in the offseason. I just think it's going to take time for that line to gel, but outside of that, I don't see them not making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think play calling might actually also be an issue. I think Andy Reid is getting a little too cute, kind of like what happened to Kyle Shanahan a little bit, where sometimes they'll call just the stupidest plays at the stupidest moments at the wrong time, and then it just kind of backfires on them. Um, Listen, I mean, it, there's been a, there's been a couple times Andy Reid has called the double covered and smothered. Like 
from that Waffle House menu that he's got, and, and he should be calling football plays. It happens. Like, uh, I mean, they released Andy Reid's emails, and he had over twenty thousand Uber Eats deliveries to uh, the Kansas City Stadium. There, like, that's just unacceptable. Um, he, he needs to get his shit together. He needs to focus more on the game and the plays that he's calling than than what he's having for lunch and dinner. But with that being said, you know. I can't wrap my head around the Chiefs not making the playoffs. Now, in the division, the Raiders are currently 5-2, and two, and you have the Chargers. I think they're 4-2. and two. At the same time, they just had their bye week. Th- those are two really good teams. So not only do they have an uphill battle for the division, they have an uphill battle for the wild card. Because, I mean, you have to look at the opposite divisions as well. Because, I mean, the Browns, they, they look like they're in a little bit of trouble. Uh, the Bengals... Ravens, Steelers, they all, of course, they're all going to be wildcard contenders at this point or divisional contenders, depending on how that plays out. Uh, the Titans, of course, looks like they're going to take the division. Then you have the Bills, the Patriots. They look like they're going to be contenders as well. So, of course, it's still early in the season. We're about a fourth of the way there. Uh, a little bit past fourth of our way there. So, I mean, obviously it's going to be something to monitor and it's something we're going to look back to and then continue on this conversation. So yeah. Jamar Chase, yeah. hey, go ahead. Uh, I'm looking at their schedule. They still have two games against the Las Vegas Raiders. They have two mm-hmm. games against Denver and they got one game against the Chargers. So they can still easily win their division. Uh, they really, they've only played one in division game and that was against the Chargers. Which they did lose. So, I mean, right now the Chargers are a little bit in the driver's seat. But, of course, we will discuss that later on. Now, Jamar Chase is a top five league receiver. Not fantasy receiver. Top five receiver in the league. Uh, Let's play a game. Let's play a game. I like games. Cooper Cup or Jamar Chase? Who would I rather have? Who would you rather have right now? Not fantasy-wise. No, fantasy-wise, of course. Fantasy-wise. Oh, Cooper Cup. Okay. Uh, Cooper Cup or Tyreek Hill? I'm, Tyree I'm sorry. Uh, more Chase or, or Tyreek Hill? Tyreek Hill. Devontae Adams minus, you know, ignore the COVID. He'll be back next week. Uh, Devontae Adams or Jamar Chase? Yeah, give me Devontae Adams. Yeah, I agree. Um, DeAndre Hopkins or Jamar Chase? Jamar Chase, actually, on this one. Okay. Um, trying to see... I think I know where you go with this one. DJ Moore or Jamar Chase? After the quarterback, a little hiccup that Panthers have, I have to go Jamar Chase. Yeah. Uh, C.D. Lamb or Jamar Chase? Jamar Chase. That's that's not necessarily a question for me. See, I would think I, I think I'd rather have C.D. Lamb. Mm. Uh, Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase? Justin Jefferson. All right. Mike Evans, Jamar Chase. Mike Evans. DK Metcalf or Jamar Chase? Jamar Chase. All right. So right now you've got Jamar Chase as wide receiver six. Wide receiver six? Ooh, close yeah. enough. Close yeah. enough. And, 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 and that's with me not going the guys that are ranked close to him as far as fantasy points in the season. Debo Brown or Debo Samuels, Marquise Brown, like Mike Williams, all those guys are, you know, within shot distance of Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. Um I personally don't have Jamar Chase as a top five wide receiver um, in redraft this year either. I, I think I would rather have Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, CeeDee Lamb, DJ Moore, even with the quarterback hiccup. And I'm not going to go Mike. Yeah, I'm going to go Mike Evans. So I've got him at seven. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I like Jamar Chase. It's nothing to do with him, but I'm not going to, you know, overreact to a game where he went out and put up like 200 something yards. I just can't. Which is completely fair, but I mean, right now, I think I think uh, Chris Hansen on NFL Network he said that uh, Jamar Chase has the most twenty-yard receptions and twenty-yard big plays in the NFL right now. I don't even think it's even close. I think he's double Tyreek Hill's number as of right now. So, uh, as you don't want to really rely on big plays because it hasn't happened consistently, and it's not something you can kind of hang your hat on. But it's happening consistently for Cincinnati and, and, which and, makes and yeah I, go ahead I expect I expect Chase to have a huge game this week going against Jets and I expect him to have a big game going against Cleveland the, those are his next two games and he goes on to the bye and then when he comes out his schedule gets a little bit tougher you know Vegas is playing good Pittsburgh is a good defense the Chargers is a good defense 49ers can be a good defense um, if they're healthy uh, at Denver week 15, Baltimore week 16, KC week 17. So it's not murder's row for your playoffs, but it gets a little bit more challenging. And I get he just put 200 yards on, on Baltimore. I don't think he'll do that again when they meet in week uh, 16. So I just think the schedule lines up for him to have a big game in the next couple of weeks. And then I think, you know, he'll taper off. Like he's still a good player, right? Like we've got him at wide receiver six and wide receiver seven overall right now so i can't put him in top five based solely upon you know one game all righty so the bears should bench fields and go back to dalton to prevent fields from becoming a donald 2.0 no absolutely not they should be playing uh, just, the, the, the the bears have nothing to play for so why not take your rookie quarterback and let him learn the game like I understand, you know, Nagy wants to is probably thinking he's playing for his, his you know, his coaching career in, in Chicago, and he probably is. He's probably going to get fired here. I think if I had to bet money, Nagy's going to be the first coach fired this year. But let, let the kid play. Like, it does him no good sitting on the bench at this point. It, all it's going to do is, is crush his confidence, and, and well, we don't need that. Right now, he's getting crushed all over the field. It's, it's kind of sack hike right now. He calls Ike, and two seconds later, he's sacked or he's running for his life. The offensive yep. line is trash. The play calling is trash. Matt Nagy is trash. The, uh, there's no structure going on right now. And he's getting demolished out there. I said this in the beginning of the year during the preseason games with me and Sheen. We were talking about the rookie quarterbacks. And I mentioned that Justin Fields' pass protection and his pass protection adjustments have been subpar. He, he's allowed rushers to come in free and just take free shots at his face. And then I think there was a, the, the big clipped one that happened in the preseason where his helmet got taken off. And it, it's been happening consistently where his pass protection adjustments on the offensive line has been subpar and incorrect, causing him to inadvertently screw himself over. So I think that's something that he needs to learn. But he needs to do it in a safer manner where uh, he's not taking gigantic shots. I think at some point, Andy Dalton's got to come back in. It's facing. Think, he's playing poorly. Yeah, oh, he's playing horrible. Like I, I got in, in a league. I got accused of trying to intentionally tank. And for the record, yes, I am. But with that said, I got accused of intentionally tanking because I put in Gina Smith over Justin Fields, and Gina Smith had a much better day than Justin Fields did uh, as far as fantasy goes. So I get, you know. He's playing horrible. He's playing really, really bad. But the Bears aren't winning anything this year anyway. 
So let him get the experience. Like there's no better experience than what he can get right now. As, as far as feel for the game, the speed of the game, you know, allow him to improve and make the adjustments that need to be made in game. Like it's at this point, it just it would be better for him long term, and that's what you're looking at long term with him. I could hope he'd stay healthy during all the shots that he is about to take, especially because he's going against the San Francisco 49ers this week. Uh, that's not exactly a highly confident offensive firepowering team that you would like to see going against that, that defense. So if Mac Jones wasn't on the Patriots, people would be more excited about his season. If Mac Jones wasn't on the Patriots, people would be more excited about his season. I think people are excited about his season because he's on the Patriots. Okay, that's fair. I I, I think he's getting the benefit of the doubt because he's on the Patriots. Like, Max Jones is not having a good year, right? Like, he's just – he's not. Um, He's playing okay for a rookie, but he's not having this great season. And if you listen to the the talking heads, you would think this was the second coming of Peyton Manning that, that's playing up there in New England or the second coming of Tom Brady. And I'm looking it up right now, but, like, his passes are nothing more than dink and dunk. Like, he's just dumping it off, and that's it. It's hard to to have a lot of turnovers and and play poorly when you're only throwing it a few yards down the field every single time. Like his best weapons right now on the offense is his two tight ends. And they're not, you know, field spreading tight ends. If you uh, compare to all the rookie quarterbacks, I think it's, I think it's pretty straightforward that Mac Jones is, has been the most impressive rookie quarterback. But to be fair, I think Mac Jones is in the best situation possible. I mean, if you look at all the other rookie quarterbacks, I mean, right now, Zach Wilson, he's getting absolutely destroyed. He's now injured. Justin Fields, I think it's only a matter of time before he gets destroyed and injured. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is playing pretty decent, but I, I don't think he's in the best situation. I think also he's not necessarily playing as good as his stats show. Uh, Trey Lance injured. He had an average showing. I think Mac Jones has played the best out of all the rookie quarterbacks, which gives him the benefit of the doubt, especially because the Patriots are winning right now. I mean, they have the same record as Kansas city. Yeah. I think the he's getting away with being on the best team. Like, like their defense is really, really good. So he doesn't have to do a lot. All he has to do is not lose the game for them. And that's it. Like, allow the, you know, run the ball, do dink and dunk, allow us to get our field goals, allow, you know, every once in a while, we'll get a touchdown. But for the most part, it's all short stuff. They're not asking him to do a whole lot. Of all the rookies, he has the most complete team to go to. Like, Trevor Lawrence is probably the best quarterback in this rookie draft class, but he's also on the worst team. Like, the Patriots – you know, they weren't the worst team where they were drafting and they took Mac Jones. Like, they had 10 players on defense last year that were out for for COVID. So he came to a team that has a, a, a pretty solid defense. Um, I'm looking at him right now. Mac Jones has only one game where he's averaged over 10 yards per pass completion. Like, everything else is is eight 
7.95362, So these are not, you know, passes that are, are going very far down the line or down the field. They're just not. They're just thinking dunk. And that's the reason why his accuracy and his rating is pretty decent is because, again, he's not being asked to throw the ball down the field, and therefore it's not causing turnovers. It's a very controlled system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I mean, I think that's a very fair analysis. Well, of course, as the season moves on, we'll get a more clearer picture. But right now, the Panthers will overtake the Dolphins and trade for Deshaun Watson. I hope so. I, I, I would like to see him go to the Panthers. I would like to see him go to the Eagles. Uh, I know that they've been rumored for Deshaun Watson. I, I hope he goes somewhere other than Miami. I I used to be in the middle, like, we get to Sean, we get to Sean Gray, we got ourselves a top-five quarterback. There's a whole bunch of stuff off the field that, you know, is concerning. But I've come to the decision I don't want the Sean on the team. Um, we have to give up way too much to get him. Tua is – I'm looking at this as basically Tua's – you know, he hasn't even played a full season. And he hasn't even played every game this season. He played the first game, they beat the Patriots. Second game, he went out and got injured. Like, I mean, he, he played two, two or three snaps in the second game and injured and busted up ribs and had to sit quite a few games. He comes back, and, you know, and he's 300, 300 yards, two touchdowns. Last week, you know, another 300-yard game, four touchdowns. Like, two is playing good. Uh, the issue with the Dolphins is not the quarterback position. Our, our defense is atrocious compared to last year, and our offensive line is just horrible. So uh, trading for Deshaun Watson for Miami makes no sense. He's not going to solve our issues. The Panthers are in a very good spot. If I was the Panthers, I would absolutely entertain trading for Deshaun Watson. Whether Deshaun Watson would agree to go to the Panthers, I don't know. And he would have to waive his no-trade clause to go there. But, I mean, it's a great situation, though, isn't it? Like, they got a good offensive line. they got a great defense. you got DJ Moore. you got the ghost of Robbie Anderson, what used to be uh, Christian McCaffrey, Chuba Hubbard. There are weapons there for him to succeed. The only downfall is you go to the division with Tom Brady. <laughs> so I don't know. And the Bucks. So I don't know if you want to actually do that or not, but like that division is tough. You got the Bucks, you got the saints and the Falcons, you know, are just a average team. So I don't know if you want to go play in that division because you're not winning the division. Uh, you might not even finish second in your division. So, I mean, it's a good team, but it's going to be an uphill battle trying to overtake uh, the Saints and the Bucks. Not only do you have to play in that division, you have to play in the whole conference. I think the whole NFC yeah. in general is incredibly it's, it's- strong compared to the AFC. So, of course, uh, the trade deadline is fast approaching. I don't think anything happens. I think this is all just hype, just just to have some clickbait hype. Uh, I, think but it's of course, his agent, I think it's his agent putting stuff out there just to uh, to, to draw draw up attention for, for his client. And good for his agent. Yeah. Like That's your job. But I, I, I honestly, I don't see... I, I, I don't see Miami trading for him. And I, I don't see anybody trading for him. There's just way too much off the field to worry about. Exactly. All right. So let's move on to the legendary wise words of wisdom. And right here I have in front of you that if you want to rob a bank right under the bank's nose, easy. All you got to do is just apply for a job. You work there. They give you money per hour. And after 20 years, boom, you just robbed them without a trace. Nothing they could do about it. 
Easy. Don't do that. <laughs> it's genius. Don't, 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 don't rob banks. That, that's my words of wisdom. Don't rob banks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, you just get a job there and boom, like they pay you. Like, yes. I don't know. That's, that's my words of wisdom. Sticking to it. All right. So let's move on to some buy lows, sell highs. So right now, for the record, I don't really like these because trading is difficult in fantasy football. Trading is not easy. And everybody has different values for different players. Everybody thinks that their player is, of course, worth more. Currently have a share of that player. I disagree, of course. But if, if you're, what is it, one in five? What, what, what could be possibly Yahoo rankings right now? You know, records, you know, one and five, two and four. Oh, oh winless. You got to make a move happen, right? You have to do something. You got to use your waiver priority. You got to use your fab. You got to make a move. You got to make a play. You got to get away. And unfortunately, the trade is probably one of your best options. And we're going to be talking about some people you can buy low on. We're going to be talking about some people you could potentially sell high on and gather yourself some more depth. So first, I want to I, I want to just kind of put out a bunch of names for you, George. And I want to see what your logic and reasoning for these players. And if you are interested, what would it take for you to get rid of your player or to acquire that player? So we'll start it off with OBJ. Are you interested in him? I have absolutely zero interest in Odell Beckham Jr. Okay, Not that's fair. Right? So you, you wouldn't even recommend him? No. Like, I would... I wouldn't either. Receiver, if I need a wide receiver three or four, yeah, okay. But, like... I mean, I really have no interest in Odell Beckham Jr. To be honest, I'm like I, That's I, I have none. Uh, if if I was to be interested in a wide receiver for the Browns, I would go for Jarvis Landry. But even then, I don't think I'd give up too much for him. So uh, you know, real fast, let's see what Landry's going for. And while I'm looking that up, I would like to know your opinion on Julio Jones. So I I am willing willing to buy Julio Jones in a redraft and even in dynasty. But I'm not paying a whole lot for him. Um, I, I'm 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 happy to give up if I'm in a win now team and like I need a wide receiver for a playoff push. Like I would trade for Julio Jones. In Dynasty, I may give up a second round pick for him, uh, especially if I'm a a team that's in a win now mode, knowing that it's going to be a late second round pick. Um, I'm I'm happy to do that, but. In redraft, I'm trying to think what would I give up for Julio Jones in a redraft, mm-hmm. and again, it's it's not really going to be a whole lot. I don't know. Throw some names at me, and I'll tell you yes or no. Okay, so real fast, uh, I hate backtracking, but to Jarvis Landry, I just want to mention a couple of trades that yep. went through for him. So a person traded Ricky Seals Jones and acquired Jarvis Landry. I would rather have Jarvis Landry. Yeah, I would rather have Jarvis Landry. Okay, so one person traded Jarvis Landry and Emmanuel Sanders for Daryl Henderson. I think I would. So if I need a running back, I'm taking the Henderson side. If I, yes. I don't need a running back, I have no problem taking Landry and Emmanuel Sanders. Like I'm a huge Emmanuel Sanders guy. Uh, okay. Wide receiver, wide receiver, twenty four and a half point PPR. All the guy does is go out and get double digits every week. Like what more could you ask for? That's fair. All righty. So I, those are the type of little trade humors that went down now i looked up julio jones and my uh, julio jones and brandon Ayuk. yeah that is a trade that went down i mean that's that's gross for gross <laughs> i would rather have the julio jones side yes i would uh, also for some reason like brandon Ayuk. i don't know why he just 
he's not there. Like it's not what it was last year. I don't know if it's because Debo's back or if it's, you know, the mosh pit of quarterbacks that they're using. I, I don't know if it's play calling. I don't know if he's just can't get out of the doghouse for Kyle Shanahan. Like, I don't know what is going on there. Like we've seen him break out. We've seen him have a great year last year and it's just been a disappointment this year. I want nothing to do with him. I, th- I believe he ran over 80 routes this season. I think he's been targeted less than 10 times so far. So it's not like he's not on the field. It's not like he's not playing. It's not like he's not running routes. He is. They're just, like you mentioned, they're just not targeting him. So Julio Jones or Mike Gusecki? Oh, God. Gusecki. Yeah, you know what? I think. Tight in three right now. Tight in three or four. Yeah, give me Mike Gusecki, honestly, which is kind of sad to say, especially because Julio Jones had an ADP of the fourth Around so Julio Jones or Deontay Johnson? I think that one's pretty easy. Oh, Deontay! Yeah, kudos to the guy who flipped Julio Jones for Deontay Johnson. Kudos, yeah, to kudos, him. kudos to the guy. Who, and you'll hear me reference the Dolphins a lot. I'm a, I'm a Dolphin homer. But like Gesicki has just been balling uh, this year. Week three, you know, thirteen and a half points. Four. These are all half point PPR. 14 points, 15 and a half points, 18 and a half points last week. Like, there's only two pass catchers on the Dolphins you should ever play. And that is Kasiki and Waddle, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Which is 100% true. All right, so let's move on from Julio. So basically the consensus is, is if you have Julio, get rid of him. Basically, and if you yeah. don't have Julio, then just be glad you didn't have Julio. Because I, I remember in the beginning <laughs> of the year, I told everybody, there's three players you do not take. Antonio Gibson, Julio Jones, and um, Brandon Ayuk. I said those three players. You do not take those three players in redraft. And, you know, if you listened, I'm very glad. If you didn't, well, you know, uh, that sucks. But I did tell people to take Allen Robinson. So to be fair, I don't want to, like, put myself on a high <laughs> horse and say that uh, I was right and everybody was wrong. No, I, I recommended people take Allen Robinson. And I, w- and I would take Allen Robinson. So, um, that is unfortunately... A, a wa- that is a wonderful transition into our next player, which is yeah, Alan so, Robinson. Yes. Yeah, sp- speaking of Alan Robinson, he is definitely on the buy low list. Are you even for sure? Like, I'm not. I don't want him. I do. I struggle to to think that the guy that performed fantastic for you with the likes of Nick Foles, Gardner Minshew, Blake Bortles, who was a uh, quarterback for the Bears last year other than Foles. Um, I forget who it was. Like I seen a tweet that had all the quarterbacks he he's had throwing to him. And let me tell you, it's not exactly a pretty list. Trubisky, that's his name. Trubisky, yes. The Goatski. Uh like he's he's had like just some of the worst quarterbacks throwing in the ball and he's just been super, super consistent year in and year out. Like I don't understand what's going on there. But if I can get Allen Robinson cheap, like I want to get Allen Robinson, I want to put him on my bench and wait for him to to have that big game because you know he's going to. He, he's just been super consistent for too long to to not be good. It's not, it's not a question of his talent. Like he's he didn't lose his talent. Um, so I, I think ultimately talent wins out, and so. I 100% would be willing to trade for Allen Robinson. Now, I know if you go on Twitter, everyone will complain that if you rate scheme over talent, you're doing fantasy football wrong. I strongly disagree because Allen Robinson here would be one of the cases so far of talent 
not necessarily winning out where scheme trumps talent. And I think Le'Veon Bell was one of the best examples that scheme trumps talent, especially when he left the Steelers and went straight to the Jets. But I mean, that's a conversation for a different time. So right now on the Allen Robinson trade, uh, I see him. He went Allen Robinson one for one for San Francisco Niners defense. Oh, (laughs) give me, give me Allen Robinson on that. Matter of fact, I've got the the San Francisco defense in a league. I'm going to go make that, that offer. It went down. Um, Allen Robinson for Will Fuller the fifth. Uh, Allen Robinson. I already said the only two Dolphins you want to start are Gasecki and uh, uh, Jalen Waddle. All righty. So Allen Robinson with Miles Sanders for AJ Brown. Oh, give me that AJ Brown side. Yeah, give me, yeah, give me that AJ Brown. I don't, I don't. I don't. I don't know who. When did that trade go down? Today. All these trades went down on October twenty sixth. That is somebody who is probably playing in a free Yahoo league and it might have a team or two in the same league and trading with themselves because that's just an atrocious trade. <laughs> like, I wouldn't How do about, that if I was in the league. Like, I wouldn't ask for a veto on that trade. But, man, that's just a bad trade. How about Allen Robinson for Jacoby Myers? I think we're going to go Allen Robinson. All right. Even though Jacoby's so. been playing a lot better. Yeah, which is also true. Allen Robinson for Melvin Gordon, the third. I think that's team makeup, right? Like, if you need a running back, you know, Melvin Gordon is a starting running back. He can go out and get you 8 to 10 to 12 points, you know, any given week. Um, yeah, I think that's team makeup. Like, I, 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 I'm i going to call that a push. I'm going to push on that trade. I would rather have Melvin Gordon than Allen Robinson on that one. I don't. I don't hate it. Like it, it the, a starting running back at this point in fantasy is gold because they're dropping like flies. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't hate it. But yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna push just because I'm actually leaning a little bit more towards Allen Robinson, and that's just because I fear Javante Williams is going to continue to expand and get more of that backfield role as the season goes on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so. I have Brandon Ayuk mentioned, but at this point, I feel like the only time you should ever go for him is when he's on the waivers. And even then, I'd have to think about it. So I have I have Brandon Ayuk in the Scott Fishbowl. I've only started him twice all year. And I actually contemplated cutting him today for, for Selvin Ahmed because I needed another running back. And I contemplated cutting Brandon Ayuk. I ended up cutting my kicker. Um, for one waivers clear tomorrow, so hopefully this doesn't come out before then, so my league mates don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Brennan is frustrating because we've seen him, you know, have a fantastic year last year, and this year, like, it's another Allen Robinson situation, like, just nothing, and I don't, I don't get it. Um, throw some, throw some names at me, and I'll tell you if I prefer them over Ayuk. Right now. Brandon Ayuk in Yahoo is one of the most dropped players. Yeah. Um, like you, right in, now, in a twelve in a twelve team in a twelve team league, he's droppable. I mean, I'm, he is. Like you could drop Allen Robinson in a twelve team league. Like somebody will go immediately pick him up based on the name. But like exactly, the production that they've been giving you warrants them being dropped, and that's just super frustrating. Yeah, the only reason why you would not draw Brandon Ayuk is the fact that you drafted him in the fifth round. 
Yep. Which right now you're just tied to his draft capital, which I think is a huge mistake. And uh, I highly don't recommend it. I do think he is completely droppable. You could try shopping him around and maybe somebody else will go ahead and try to take that risk. And I highly recommend shopping him around and seeing who else would be interested in taking a Brandon Ayuk. But realistically, right now, I would rather have a handcuff than Brandon Ayuk. So let me throw some names at you. Uh, Henry Ruggs. Oh, yeah, give me Henry Ruggs. Uh, same with the Raiders. Renfro? No, I, they belong on waivers. Give me Ayuk. If one is solely an upside, I want that upside of Ayuk. Robbie Anderson? Oof. One of the most targeted players in the NFL, and he can't catch a lick. Like Robbie Anderson can't catch so bad, he's never going to get COVID. He, he, can just, he can't catch it. Yeah, give me Robbie Anderson. It's disgusting. It's Darius Slayton. Is he healthy? <laughs> right now he is healthy. Yeah. But of course we need the we need the injury report just in case. But he played uh let's see, on against Carolina. He targeted nine times, caught five passes, sixty three yards. Yeah, give me give me him. All right. Alrighty. Uh I think Rondell Moore. I think we could agree. I think I'd rather have yeah. Rondell Moore. Oh yeah. Uh, Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. We'll pair them together. I want Ayuk over Odell. I want Landry over all three. Okay. Kadarius Tony. Yes, Kadarius Tony. All righty. Um, let's see. Anybody else that I'm really like? I'm trying to like pair him up with people around his area to get a solid figure. But now uh, I'll just mention Allen Robinson. But I feel like I know you're going to take Allen Robinson. I'll take Allen Robinson. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, I think that is it for the wide receivers because if you can't trade him, you might as well drop him. Like I mentioned earlier, I'd rather have a handcuff than Brandon Ayuk as of right now. So. Let's, do, do you have any uh, bylaws um, that we have not mentioned? Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, Kelvin Ridley, currently just wide receiver, like sixty or something like that. No, like way. he's yeah. It's I mean I might be exaggerating. I'm, I'm looking it up right now. Uh in half point. So when I do these, I use ESPN. And I go by half point PPR, just so everybody's on the same page. He's he's wide receiver forty three. He guys that are around him. I'll give you guys around him in each direction. Khalif Raymond for Detroit, Van Jefferson for the Rams, KJ Osborne for the Vikings are the three ahead of him, and then three behind him is Rondell Moore, Chase Claypool, and Daryl Mooney. So, so those are the range that Calvin Ridley is currently at. Um, he, he's been really bad this season. And, and I understand, like, he's missed a couple of games. Like, he missed the game against the Jets, and then he had a bye. So he's, he's down to two games. Uh, only one game this year he's failed to get double digits. Uh, that was week one against Philadelphia. But I feel like... If you're going to try to get him, now would be a good time to get him. His upcoming schedule is really, really difficult. Like, Carolina's got a great secondary. Uh, At the Saints has got a good secondary. At Dallas has a good secondary. New England, Week 11, is a good defense where you know uh, Bill Belichick's going to scheme to get Calvin Ridley and, and Pitts out of the game. 
But after that, like their schedule for the, for the second half of the year is amazing. Um, Jacksonville, Tampa, Carolina, San Francisco, Detroit, and then week 17 is difficult at Buffalo, but that's championship week. So if I'm looking to buy low, like if you could pull Calvin Ridley up in Yahoo for me, just give me some of the names I've been trading for him. Um, but that's somebody I feel like, you know, I would definitely want to try to try to buy me some Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. So right now, Calvin Ridley has gone for Keenan Allen straight up one-on-one. Yep. I would, I would take, I would take Calvin Ridley over Keenan Allen. Uh, I like Keenan Allen a lot. Uh, I think I would rather have Keenan Allen, but Calvin Ridley for AJ Brown. See, AJ Brown is my other one that I want to try to buy low on. Um, is he really a buy low? I think he is. I think he is. He, he's, let me see. Where did they have him? That's AJ Green. So AJ Brown is currently wide receiver thirty nine in half point PPR. So but AJ believe, Brown has also had his buy yet. So so is so is Calvin Ridley, which is another reason I want to try to buy both of these guys. Um, oh, actually, well, also AJ no, no, Brown. No, 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 no. He, Brown yeah, he did not, not have his buy. He has no, not have his buy. He left one game against Indianapolis where he had one catch and then got tackled and then he injured. And then he missed the next week after that against the New York jets. Uh, he had zero points. So yeah, he, he could potentially be considered a buy low, but when he has played and when he has been extremely healthy, he has been extremely, pro- actually relatively productive. He has dropped two five point games in half point yeah. PPR, which could be a little bit concerning. Yeah. Okay. It could, I, I, I yeah. could see you as a buy low. Yeah. He's had one, like for where you drafted him, like he has not performed up to his his draft position. That's that's why I'm trying to buy low on him. Um, you mentioned the two five point games. He's got two 12 point games. Uh, he blew up last week, so he's going to be a little bit more costly to go out and get. Um, but for the most part, like he's been not been playing up to the level of where you spent on draft capital. So I think he's another big name. Like if I'm making a a, a push. Now that I'm past week seven and I'm past the big bye week, which is basically the biggest bye week for everybody who plays fantasy. Um, I'm looking to consolidate. You know, I'm willing to do two for one or three for one. If if somebody has, you know, AJ Brown and they're, you know, they only got two wins and, you know, they're struggling and they need to make a move to get into the playoffs and they, they've been, you know, bit by the injury bug and whatnot. Like I'm willing to do two for one or three for one and even overpay a little bit to get A.J. Brown. Uh, and, and that's just me, though. That's the way how I approach things. Like, I don't mind losing trades. Like, I, I don't understand the term losing trades because as long as the trade helps my team, I don't consider it a loss, even though I may have, you know, overpaid or gave more value than what should have. Like, in the end, if my team gets better because I gave up, you know, two or three players, I've got no problem with that. So I don't, I've never really understood the whole who won this trade. It's really did the team, did your team get better? Then who cares? And that's just how I look at trades. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to agree. Now, one more Calvin Ridley and Damian Harris for Tyreek Hill. Yeah. That's a big trade. It is a big trade. Um, I think I want the Calvin Ridley, Damian Harris side. As much as I, as much as I love Tyreek, uh, I get somebody who I feel is not much of a downgrade as far as potential and Calvin Ridley. And I get a starting running back 
on a team that actually wants to run the ball. So, yeah, I've got I've got no problem with that. I'll I'll take the Calvin Ridley and, and mm-hmm. Damian Harris side on that. Uh, on the flip hand, it is Tyreek Hill, and I kind of want Tyreek yeah. Hill. So well, listen, I, I don't I mean, blame him. He, he listen. He 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 could go for a forty point game any week, and right? he could win you the week. <laughs> he absolutely can. But I'm gonna. I, I think on average, there's maybe three or four point difference between Calvin Ridley and and Tyreek Hill for the most part. Uh, so give me the 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 side that's got the starting running back as well. All righty. So that's enough bylaws. Let's uh, enough negativity on the low players. Let's talk about some yeah. highs. And I, I just want to p- put this out there. For the, re- for the record, if you are currently trading Cooper Cup, um, don't. And you're an idiot because Cooper Cup is amazing. And you should not be selling high on Cooper Cup. And if you have Cooper Cup, please do not sell high. What you do instead is you put him in your starting lineup and you take all the free fantasy points that you can get. Uh, I-, I think I think selling high sometimes can be a, a toxic term. In the fantasy community, because you know one person has a good game and everybody just screams "sell high, sell high, sell high." No, why, why don't you just put him in your fantasy lineup and just get a bunch of fantasy points and then uh, kind of reap the rewards of the fact that you drafted pretty decently? Kind of like how right now, uh, real fast, I do want to ask your opinion on Cordell Patterson. I know he's a topic of discussion as of late. I love Cordell Patterson. Yeah, I'm gonna have to say I, I agree him. with you. I think if you have Cordell Patterson, you should never trade him. I think he is. I think he's better than gold right now. I think he's diamond. And uh, if you are struggling at wide receiver, you're struggling at running back, you have the ability to put him in that slot. And, you know, if you put him in your wide receiver slot, you essentially have four running backs. And then if you have a running quarterback, you essentially gave yourself five running backs. I think he is an ultimate chess piece, an ultimate strategy piece, and it really elevates your team. So I, I just want to put it out there. You do not trade Cooper Cup. You do not trade Cordell Patterson. But I want to talk about somebody I think you might be trading, which is DJ Moore. Now, we talked about him a little bit earlier, but I think DJ Moore, with the quarterback controversy, I think he is starting to inch into the sell-high candidacy. And, George, I would like to know your opinion on how you feel about that. So, I'm not a DJ Moore guy. Uh, I am i don't know why. I, the kid is good. Um, but I'm not a big fan of DJ Moore. I, I, I made a tweet earlier, and it was 100% wrong right now. Long term, I think it'll, it'll be true. So I, I, I tweeted that Terrence Marshall is the wide receiver that fantasy Twitter wants DJ Moore to be. And long term, I, I'll stand by that tweet. Uh, it, it's not correct right now. It's not correct this season. Like Terrence Marshall has been a huge disappointment this year. But I think long term, he's the better wide receiver than DJ Moore. And I, I, I can't backed it up with statistics. I can't back it up with analytics. It's just a gut feeling. Anybody knows me knows I got a big gut. So, but I'm, I'm just not a big DJ Moore guy. I'd have him on no teams and I probably would never trade for him. So yeah, let's sell DJ Moore. Okay. Now, unfortunately there hasn't been too many trades that have gone down with DJ Moore in it today. Real fast. I'll just say a couple right now. DJ Moore and Zach Ertz for Travis Kelsey. Yeah, Kelsey. Like okay. I want that advantage. I want I want the number one tight end in the NFL. Like I want that advantage every single week. This is a big trade. DJ Moore and Zeke for Christian Kirk and Chuba Herbert. What? Yes. DJ Moore and Zeke for Christian Kirk and Chuba Hubbard. 
Yes, I think that person is very desperate. No, that's a bad trade altogether. No, I, I can't, yeah, I can't, I can't even trade. justify that one. No, no, you, no, you can't. No, that's horrible. No, that's a terrible trade. That, that's a Yahoo free league where the one person has two teams. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, you know what? I'm going to ignore that one. Um, unfortunately, like I mentioned, there's, there's not many trades that went down. So I, really I, I feel like if you if you have DJ Moore on your team, it's because you're a DJ Moore fan, and you're that's why you're not trading him. That, that, we'll we'll go with that because I mean DJ Moore he's he's been good this year, right? Like, he has, he's been good better. and consistent. Like he hasn't a had up and down games. He's been a lot better than I thought he would be. He's the wide current wide receiver eleven and half point PPR. Um, Sam Darnold is supposedly starting again this week and he's getting, I mean, he's getting a ton of targets, right? Like mm, he's getting absolutely showered with targets. So right now yeah, in, in, he's got yeah. double digit targets in every game, but two. So like they're giving him plenty of opportunity to, to do everything. And he's coming through for you. Like he's only, he's only had two games this year outside double digits in one of those games where he had, he didn't get double digits, you know, he was targeted 13 times. So they're, they're giving him tons and tons of volume, which is what you want. I mean, if you could trade DJ Moore, like I said, he he's right now, he's sandwiched between Dr. Hopkins and, and Terry McLaurin. So that's what you're looking at as far as value wise for him. If you, if you're trying to trade him, so you're going to get something nice in exchange for him. But I just feel like if you if you own DJ Moore, you're not trading him. Because I want DeAndre. I want DeAndre Swift. Now I do own DJ Moore in a couple of leagues. I was pretty high on him coming into this year, and of course I have been severe. I have been rewarded for it. So just to read his fantasy point production and half point PPR: 12, 18, 16, 28, 6, 7, and ten. Sometimes I rounded up on uh, a couple of those just for the sake of uh, no, no, being so, easy so to he, hear. Yeah, I was gonna say that's pretty accurate um, from what I've got here. Like, like I said, he's produced every game for you. Like, you could put him in, and you know you're getting a solid, you know, ten points for the most part. And actually, you know, you put him in, you probably know you're probably getting closer to twelve to fourteen points. Uh, he, he may go over, he may go under, but he's only had you know two games under ten points, so it's a very safe floor. He's a very mm-hmm. safe floor guy. He's a very safe play. Uh, he is the best wide receiver on that team. Uh, there's still no Christian McCaffrey. So the, the focal point of the offense, while Chief Harper's been great, is still going through DJ Moore. Um, but, yeah, it's it's just – I don't know. I'm not a DJ Moore guy. So if you had uh, – let's see. Let me, let me hypothetically make you an offer. So if I have Deontay Harris and you have DJ Moore and offered you a one-for-one, one, would you take it? No, I wouldn't. Even as much as I love Deontay, because I feel like you would have to add another piece. Like I, I'm not, I'm not so down on DJ Moore to the point where I can't look at his production so far this year and say, okay, I'm just going to sell him to get him off my team. Like I want, I want something fair in return. So if you were to offer me like Deontay Johnson and Leonard Fournette, I would do it. Uh, Leonard Fournette has been phenomenal this year. I, I feel like he Leonard has. Fournette has standalone value at this point. And uh, I, I don't think he's an add-on piece. I think he is a solid piece in his own. And I think he's also would, in the must-start category. I would, want, I, would, I, would, I would want two solid pieces for DJ Moore. That's problem. Because like, I'm taking a huge hit as far as fantasy scoring production on the year. 
going to Deontay Johnson. So I would need another piece to cover. And I, I, if, I'm, if I'm doing a two-for-one, I want it to be a running back. And I think, I think even though, like, you and I know how fantastic Leonard Fournette has been this year, like, there's always that Ronald Jones looming, you know, in the back of the mind is, you know, are they going to go to Ronald Jones now? Or So I, I think I would want um, – yeah, I would need I would need like a Leonard Fournette to be thrown in. Mm-hmm. Even about, though I agree, he's not a throw in. Like he does carry standalone value. I think. Okay, you know, let's move on to Antonio Gibson for DJ Moore. I'll do Deontay Johnson for Antonio Gibson, and uh, or I'll do DJ Moore for Antonio Gibson and Deontay Johnson. Mm-hmm. Okay, so does that is that a, a how do I say it? Is that a showing of how bad and how low Gibson's value is, or is that a showing of how high DJ Moore's value is? I think it's more along the lines of how good DJ Moore has played, and and Antonio Gibson is running back seventeen on the year, so he's not even RB one this year. Um. Let me see. He he hasn't missed any time, but like you can see a significant drop off from where he got his uh his shin injury. Like he's playing, I believe, with like a fractured shin or there's something wrong with his leg. He has some sort of a leg injury that he's playing through, and it's severely affected um his fantasy value. Like he went from week three, you know, seventeen points, fourteen and a half points, twenty points to three point four and 6.6 like you could tell a significant drop off with him from from his injury so if i'm if i'm gonna get antonio gibson i i need another value piece to go with it because there is a risk that he actually aggravates that injury and misses severe time i think it just shows how antonio gibson has become basically a walmart not necessarily a walmart version of josh jacobs but an almost an identical version of josh jacobs where if he does not get a touchdown his fantasy value significantly drops i like dashing on it i like bashing on antonio gibson that makes me happy inside all right let's move on uh i'm sure i'm sure up until up until the last two weeks you know you, you really couldn't bash on him I couldn't. Uh, you know, I, and I, I said, I said it. I, you know, I yeah. said he's been getting his touchdowns. He's been getting his production, and I couldn't bash on him for it. But I mean, if you also look at his production, if you take away a seventy-five yard catch for a touchdown, and you take away a game where he had two touchdowns, then his his fantasy value significantly drops to a harsh degree. But you can't take away a seventy-five yard <laughs> touchdown. Say, you, you can't. You, you can't, can't take, take it away. So it, it happens. So you can't <laughs> knock on it. But but the last few weeks shows that if he does not score touchdowns, this is exactly the type of production you yeah. should be expecting. Yeah. Alrighty. So let's move on from uh, running backs because, of course, this is supposed to be a wide receiver episode. Let's talk about Debo Samuel. So I, I know who's who's tweeted at me or uh, commented at me the other day and said, you are 100% right on Brandon Ayuk. And not, well, yes, Brandon Ayuk, but Debo Samuel more specifically because I told everybody in the redraft episodes, you skip out on Brandon Ayuk, you take Debo Samuel, and then you reap the rewards. And right now, people who've done that are reaping the rewards. Debo Samuel, I think you mentioned it earlier, he's what wide receiver 5 or wide receiver 6? Wide receiver 5 and half point PPR. Which is which is ridiculous for somebody that you drafted who had an ADP of the ninth round. Right yeah. now I don't think you can draft uh, you can trade him because 
he doesn't have name value and his production doesn't match his name value. So his value will never be what his production shows. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I want to look at his scoring to see because I didn't realize he was that high in the rankings. Right, so a lot of that comes from. So he's been pretty solid most of the year. Like, he's had two really big games. Uh, his two big games one was at Detroit, uh, the um, first game of the year, where he had nine receptions for 189 yards and a touchdown. And then he had another huge game um, against Seattle, who we all know Seattle secondary is atrocious, uh, where he went eight for 156 and two touchdowns. So he's scoring on the year is definitely inflated by those two games. Like one game he put up 27 points. The other game he put up 31 points. Outside of those two games, like he's more of your average wide receiver. Yeah, if I could sell high on Debo Samuel and say, hey, you know, he's the wide receiver five right now in half point PPR. If I could get – so would you trade Debo Samuel for Cordell Patterson? Because I would. I would if also. I had, if I had Debo and I could get Cordell Patterson, I would absolutely do that. Yes, um, uh- I, I do think Debo is a little bit better, but the strategical chess piece that Cordell Patterson can give your team, I think, gives you a little bit of an edge there. So just a quick little tidbit. Debo Samuel on half-point PPR has put up 114 fantasy points. DeAndre Swift has put up 120. So it, it, it would take like a one-on-one trade. If I own Debo Samuel, it would take a one-on-one trade with somebody like DeAndre Swift. Uh, sorry, not John. So Swift for Debo Samuel. So I would even go further than that. Like to sell to sell uh, Debo high, like I would trade him straight up for Joe Mixon. I would trade him straight up for James Robinson. Yes, at I, this I point, have, if if you own Debo, it has to be a straight up one for one with an RB one. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and right now, in half point PPR, Mixon is eleven, Robinson is twelve. Robinson just had his bye week, so you don't have to worry about him being on bye anymore for the rest of the year, which is nice. So I, yeah, I would definitely sell high on Debo. I would, especially being how late you drafted him. Like if I could get me an RB one for him, I'm, I'm, I'm hitting smash on that all, all day long. Mm-hmm. Especially because also a, a, a nice chess piece that you could add while trading is that Debo also has had his bye week. So you could always use that as leverage and a little bit of a strategical chess piece that a, Debo is worth a little bit more also because he has already had his bye week. And if you're going for like DeAndre Swift, who has not had his bye week yet, uh, you you have that little bit of leverage to go after him uh, while in trade negotiations. Now, I do also want to talk about while you are going for trade negotiations, never just send a, a straight up offer on Yahoo or ESPN or whatever format you're in. If you have the ability to text, send a message and create a dialogue beforehand, I always recommend doing that. That way you don't send an offer where you... Not necessarily a low ball, but you kind of send an offer worth a little bit less in value to kind of see what the other guy's value is and where he's kind of coming at, what his uh, logic and thinking is. I would also, oh, I mean, I would always try to open dialogue first. That way you don't completely insult him to the point where there's no chance that he even creates a dialogue for a potential trade to happen of course you don't want to close the door shut before you even open it you should always try to creak it open a little bit see what's going on see what the opponent is thinking so uh is that it for demons yeah Yeah, also look at teammates yeah 
Yeah, okay, look, so- look at team needs. Like if, if you need a running back and you're heavy on wide receiver, find a team that's heavy on running backs and and could use a wide receiver. This way, you, you know you got something that they need. They've got something you need. It, it logically it makes sense. Don't don't go find a team that you know has five wide receivers and say, hey, I'll trade you this wide receiver for your running back, and then you're gonna put jam that team up where they don't have any more running backs. Like you most likely you're not gonna get that trade done. I mean, you could try just for the fun of it to see if you do it, but chances <laughs> are, chances, yeah, chances, are, chances are, are he won't. I also re- I also never realistically recommend trading a wide receiver for a wide receiver. I feel like that never really ends up helping your team unless there's something specific you're going after, a specific matchup, a specific date, a s- specific sequence of events to happen for that to benefit you. I think if you're trading a wide receiver, you should always go for a running back. If you're trading for a running back, you should always go for a wide receiver and vice versa in those Correct. positions. So what can Brown do for you? And Marquise Brown. And I have I see that you have... Marquise Brown listed in your trade highs. And I want to know your logic and thought process for that because he has been incredibly productive. He is, what is he? Why did you see for four or six? Six and a half point people. So so he he is also in Debo Samuel territory because you didn't invest too much in his draft stock to the point where you're invested in that player and his production point. So are you same thing with Debo Samuel? You're expecting an RB one out of him. Um, I, I would go as as high as RB RB Jav- fourteen, maybe fifteen. Like How about I, Javante I, Williams. I would do Javante Williams. For the reason why is I do believe, uh, even though Javante Williams is is ranked a lot lower than the top fifteen, like I think as the season goes along, he's he's going to take over that that job. So that's a second half of the season play for me. So I would do that. Um, the reason why I've got uh, Hollywood Brown down here is while you're a thousand percent correct, he's been super, super consistent. Um, I'm not going to turn a blind eye to the fact that Rashad Bateman is, is now back on the team. Um, they've got a bye week this week, so I can't even play him this week. And I feel like Bateman is a better wide receiver than Hollywood Brown. So I expect Bateman to demand more targets going forward, which I obviously if he's getting more targets going forward, the targets got to come from somewhere. And I think there'll be some targets coming away from Hollywood Brown. Um, while I do like Hollywood Brown as, as a player, um, I just don't believe in the wide receiver six that he is. Um, he's credi- incredibly efficient uh, as far as scoring touchdowns. In seven games, he's got six touchdowns. Only two games, he hasn't scored a touchdown. And we both know touchdowns are super fluky. And the pace that he is on, I don't think he can keep up all year long as far as scoring touchdowns. So I see that, you know, I can see some touchdown regression, and I hate that word, but I can see him not scoring as many touchdowns going forward. uh, And thus, it'll drop his fantasy points production. So I'm going to try to sell high. Uh, going into his bye week while I can. So I don't necessarily want to open this can of worms that is Rashad Bateman, but I'm going to just for the fun of it. Go for it. And, and I know, I know a lot long time listeners that happened before the, the fantasy season started before even their rookie draft happened. Well, we had a, a couple of guests on in the name of Derek Brown and Angelo, who we talked about rookies 
significantly and in depth, and we 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 stumbled upon Rashad Bateman. We had a big a big debate about him on whether he is realistically going to be productive on the Ravens or not. And I think my biggest argument was his realistic stat line is four catches for 50 yards. Maybe he gets a touchdown. I think that should be his average statistical stat line per game. I don't think that offense can support that many pass catchers with how much they run the ball. I mean, right now they have Mark Andrews, Hollywood Brown's killing it. Mark Andrews is killing it. I just don't think there's enough volume for a third pass catcher to be a consistent fantasy productive receiver, whether that's. uh, So I would have 100% agreed with, I would have, I would have 100% agreed with that at the beginning of the year when they had a healthy JK Dobbins and they had a healthy Gus Edwards, Um, you know, when, when they had everybody healthy, I mean, they're dusting off the corpses of Devonta Freeman, Le'Veon Bell. Um, they they signed Latavius Murray. Tyson Williams, while probably the best back that's actually healthy on the team right now, like he's healthy scratches. So I can't see them keeping up the running game like we thought that they would. And And much to their credit, they really haven't. Like they haven't ran the ball nearly as much this year as they have in the years past. And that's because they don't have the running backs that are talented enough to do it back there. So they had to rely on the pass more. Um, you, you mentioned a typical stat line for him would be three for 50 or four for 50. Last week, second game back as a rookie, he had three for 80. So on six targets. So, I mean, they're throwing the ball a lot more. Um, and I just think as he works his way back into the offense. Uh, this bye week is going to be huge for for both him and for Lamar Jackson to kind of build up a little bit of rapport for him to get more into the playbook because, you know, he didn't have much of a preseason. He missed the first five weeks of the, of the season. So, you know, these this bye week could not happen at a better time for him. He's got a couple games under his belt, knocking off some of the rust. And coming out, I just think, you know, he's an explosive kid. Like, he's really, really good. Uh, and they're going to use him. He's he's more fit to be their alpha than Hollywood Brown is. See, while I agree, I feel like the alpha is the tight end, Mark Andrews, which is why I feel like, I feel like it'll take a lot for him to become that fantasy productive wide receiver that I think we all want him to be. I, I don't know. I, I just, I've liked... Bateman coming out of college, I thought, you know, going to the Ravens, while historically they don't throw the ball a lot, I think also a large part of that was because they don't have the wide receiver talent to throw the ball a lot. Like, I I think it's a lot of what was going on with Josh Allen, where he had no wide receivers. You bring in a Stephon Diggs, now you're giving him a Ferrari to throw to, and you see the difference. It's night and day. I, I think the same thing is, is what's going on in Baltimore where they haven't really had that alpha wide receiver. Like I know Hollywood Brown was a first round draft pick, but he's not an alpha type receiver. Bateman can, can fill that alpha role. Mm-hmm. All righty. Well, of course, time is going to have to tell. Now, I remember during that debate, I said a lot. I would rather have in dynasty format. I'd rather have Elijah Moore than Rashad Bateman. I mean, right now, I think neither of them are holding true to value. 
to, uh, uh, to, to, to justify a potential winner and loser in that debate. But of course, uh, I mean, that was the rookie draft. So we expect to monitor their careers for a, uh, a while now. So is there any type of sell hide you have to move on? Sorry, sorry to move on on that topic. We're a little bit over our time. So I just <laughs> want to be careful gotta, for all the viewers. I've, I've got a, a whose mouth. I just ramble and ramble. Uh, um, the yeah. other one, I, the only, the other one I had, I, I, I said Debo, and then you, you took him. So that was my other one was Debo. Ah, that is too bad. So if you don't have any more, I think we should wrap up into the two minute drill. Let's do it. All righty. So usually Sheehan, he lets me go first, but you know this yep. is Sheehan's segment, and it looks like I'm taking over. So I'm gonna have to let you go first on the two minute drill. You have, of course, Sunday, the Halloween. It's Halloween on Sunday. You get spooky day on a Sunday. There you go. Every game in Halloween. Imagine watching Red Zone and then your opponent's will- team just scores touchdowns all day long. Yeah, that's one hell of a <laughs> Sunday. Anyway. I wonder if they're uh, going to do anything special like Nickelodeon do with the slime zone. <laughs> ooh, yeah. You will, I mean, right now, Trubisky, we mentioned him earlier. He is the Nickelodeon MVP. I don't think anybody will ever take that from him. But, uh, <laughs> I don't think so either. Let's go. All right. The floor, you got so two the, minutes. I don't, I don't know if I can fill all two minutes, but unfortunately, yeah, the, game, the, the game I was looking forward to most has changed significantly within the last 24 hours. Uh, that was actually Thursday night's game with the Cardinals and the Packers. Uh, no Devontae Adams, no no Alan Lazard. Like That takes a hit for me. Um I'm kind of interested in the Patriots and the Chargers. Two pretty solid teams going back and forth there. I think that's going to be a, a, a pretty good game. It's going to be a real test for Mac Jones. Chargers defense is severely underrated. Uh, so I, I, I like the Justin Herbert versus Mac Jones matchup. Um, another one I'm really looking forward to is the Buccaneers Saints. Uh, it's a division game, and division games can just get crazy. And you got the defending champs versus the team that they knocked out in the, I believe it was the NFC championship game last year. So that, that should definitely be a fun game. And I'm going to close with the Cowboys Vikings. Um, oh God, I want to put the over, like, I don't know what uh, Vegas has the over under on this game, but I want to put the over under at 64. Like, I just think this game is, is going to be a shootout. I know the Cowboys defense is much improved. I know the Vikings, have an, a, an okay defense. Like they're not, you know, locked down, but they're not like terrible. But I just, I want to see all of the weapons in this game on display. Like I want to see Dak go out and sling the ball. Uh, hopefully his ankle's okay. You know, you got CeeDee Lamb, Cooper Cup, you got Zeke, Dalton Schultz. You know, you got on the other side of the ball, you got Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, KJ Osborne, Dalvin Cook. Like I want to see all these guys just have monster monster games so those are the ones i'm looking forward to the most Mm -hmm. and it's weeks like this that make me really glad i'm into fantasy football because oh wow these games look so unappealing like these games look terrible you have the rams going against the texans wow that's going to be a close one well you have the Bengals (laughs) going against the jets wow that's going to be a very close game you have you you have the chiefs going against the giants on monday night like wow that's that that fills me with exciting i mean you have the cowboys going against the vikings i think that might be kind of decent you got the buccaneers against the saints the only problem I thought about, I just, and I just thought about this with the Cowboys and Vikings, like I said, I would put the over under at 64 because I want to see everybody do good. Like historically, this is a, a Sunday night game, and historically, Kirk Cousins in prime time is just garbage. It's not good. Yeah, it's not good. He's it's just trash. So 
Uh, don't don't listen to the narrative. Start your Vikings, but temper expectations. The the over under just went from sixty four to like forty eight. <laughs> <laughs> that is rough. And you also have like the Bills going against the Dolphins, Jaguars against the Seahawks, Washington against the Broncos. Like wow, these are you have the Eagles that, going against the Lions. I don't know. Like that, wow, that these are Seahawks game. Don't sleep on that. That could be a fun game to watch. Like only on both a, are like, really bad defenses, so it could be fun to watch. <laughs> It's like a red zone type game where, you know, you're going to consistently see highlights on the red zone. I don't know. Like, like there's none of these. Usually like when I'm watching my games, I'll have red zone up and then I'll have another tab or another screen going on for any a game. I'm actually interested in that. I want to see whether it's like rookie QBs, whether it's some phenomenal wide receivers, a good game, good matchup. I usually kind of have two going on that way. You know, I, I get the best of both worlds, but right now I think I might only have red zone on. There is nothing here that makes me go, yeah, I need to tune into this game. I, I am all down for seven hours of uninterrupted football. I'm sorry. Yes. I uh, yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. I do not disagree one bit. Seven hours of commercial free football is phenomenal. Yeah. And it, it's the best thing since last bread. Uh, I'm just going to put that it really out there. Is. It really is. All right. So last but not least, let's talk about some. Hold on. She usually says this, so I don't have to. Prognostications. I think I might have said it right prognostications yes you did prognostic okay so right now we're 0 and 15 and last week last week i said the lions will win they would beat the rams and uh i was horribly wrong actually i was right for one quarter i was right for a quarter and then i was completely wrong for the next three uh and sheehan said that any qb will throw six touchdowns uh i don't think a quarterback even threw four maybe joey burrow threw four i don't know Uh, i don't think anybody did Tua for sure through four. I was at that game, okay. so I know for a fact. Okay, that's fair. Tua tied the lower through four. Okay, all right. So you, you semi-close. So you, you're about as close as me on that one. So right now, do you have a wild prediction for us? Um, I don't really do wild. Um, how about Jalen Hurts will have more than 20 fantasy points again? For the no, no, or eight, no, the eighth straight week. That's too easy. That's too easy. For the eighth straight week, that's, that's not too, too against easy. the Lions. No, that's too easy. Ah, uh, it's got to be like the out Lions. there, like like right now. You, you, it's like Devontae Lions Adams. Beat exactly gonna play. Lions beat the Eagles. Oh, you're Lions beat the Eagles. Week. Lions beat the Eagles. Okay, you know what? I'll let that one slide. Because the Lions right. don't have a win yet. So. And they're the only team that doesn't have a win. So the Lions beat the Eagles. Okay. Is is Texans beating the Rams a hotter take? Yeah, it is. Okay. I debated it, but I don't want to bet against the Rams twice. I feel like that's I feel like that's taking the easy way out. So how about this? I'm gonna say Antonio Gibson outscores Josh Allen. Ooh, that's spicy. You've that's never spicy. watched Josh Allen play the, the Dolphins though. <laughs> yes, that is true. But you know, that's the point of the hot take. That's the point of the prognostication. Right, is I'm to say something. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a spicy take. Okay. This one, right. this one will be spicy. Okay. The Lions beat the Eagles. Okay. The Bears beat the 49ers, and the okay. Jaguars beat the Seahawks. Okay, a little, a little, a little triple threat. What do they call that? A parlay yeah. out there in the streets. There we yeah. go. Yeah. I, I don't right. know what a parlay is, but I'm gonna go a little triple threat there. Three underdogs. Come through with the with the win this week. All righty. Okay, I can get behind that. Sheen, write that down. Take notes and make sure. And 
double check us when we are correct. So of course, I also want to shout out real fast. Uh, if you are looking at rankings and uh, the fantasy pros that you should always type in my name, Nader, N-A-D-E-R, and look at my rankings to see if you want to start and sit a particular player or you want to see the rankings on how I value those players for that given week. Because last week, not to pat my own back, but I was ranked number seventh across all experts, all 240 experts. I was ranked seventh in wide receivers. Not to pat my own back, but just to let you know, hey, maybe I sometimes know what I am talking about. But other than that, hey, that's going to have to wrap up this episode. Of course, like I mentioned earlier, you always want to follow Sleeperwire Show on Twitter to make sure you are up to date to every episode. You can follow me on Twitter also at Top Tier Tactics with an underscore at the end. And George, where can everybody find you? You can follow me on Twitter at George Reed. Keep it simple. Hey, easy enough. That's pretty easy to follow. Pretty easy to find. But other than that, hey, good luck, everybody. Yeah.